1: Hey, everybody, welcome to season three, episode seven, I think, of Reporting is Eligible. We're getting to the numbers where I can't remember anymore, as is tradition. And uh, (laughs) somebody's clapping. Um, Some quick housekeeping notes before we get going in earnest here. if you're not on the discord feel free to join it it's fun um our our good sponsors at appleton coffee um ha- have upped our code uh, the ra code there will get you 15 percent off right now not just 10 percent it's a good time to buy coffee and i would just like to say that their their barrel aged coffee is my favorite coffee to mix with alcohol uh, i use it on weekends it is great with baileys it is even better with whiskey it, it is because normally if you make an irish coffee you just get the the, the sort of coffee flavor with whiskey and if you at, at the, the barrel age one just really complements it with the actual like barrel kind of beer barrel flavor on it. Um, it's very, very nice. Highly recommended. Go support us. Buy a shirt while you're there that they have all of our merch. Go look for the RAE stuff. And I'll uh, actually be uh, Matt's repping tonight. I will be um, raffling off shortly some RAE merch as well for the, for you nice patrons out there. Um, also, um uh, along those lines, if you, uh, I, I always forget to mention on this podcast, we are part of the Milwaukee Tailgate Network. If you, um, you know, have joined us on the reporting is eligible or on the Acme Packing Company feed lately. Um, we do have a Patreon as well at patreon.com slash mketailgate. Um, if you join that uh, for $2 a month or more, you get question priority on this podcast and the Tailgate podcast. If you go five bucks, um, you get all that good stuff, but you also get the Minorly Extra podcast that Ryan Top does with James Anderson. You get my previews, which by the way, have been spot on so far. And uh, can help you win things like fantasy or be less depressed when the Packers don't play well. I, both of those are good. And um, we also do raffles once in a while. So if you're in at the $5 level, uh, people send me merch sometimes because they think that I am actually a sports personality worth sending merch to. They are woefully mistaken, but I would take their stuff and I give it back to you. We also have our own RAA merchandise, and I, I throw that in there too. So um, go ahead, not navigate over there, get all that fun stuff. And now let's talk about football. Because the Packers won. Um, it was the Lions. Um, so it's not like a real win, but it's a win. And <laughs> it could be worse. So, um, but uh, I, I think a lot of this podcast is going to be about how how do you feel about beating the Lions? Because they're, they're, they're sort of actively trying to lose. They could have drafted a quarterback of the future. They chose not to. They've gave away all their good players. They have a brand new coach who at least seems like a halfway decent coach. Certainly an upgrade over to Matt Patricia, who is one of the worst coaches um, to to head coach in the NFL, um, and I think the one thing you can say about the Lions is they are trying hard. Um, that there was no lack of effort there. We've seen um, we've seen teams sometimes just kind of get depressed and get down, especially Lions teams in the past. But uh, it was not. <laughs> uh, we talk about Joe Barry all we want, but uh, that's uh, that's what I'm reminded of there. Um, but the Lions maybe lack talent, but Jared Goff's not a terrible quarterback. There's worse quarterbacks out there. And they certainly put up a good effort, especially for a half. So the Packers won. They played better than they did against the Saints. But, JR, how do you feel? What do you Are think? we
2: doing intros? I want to intro myself before we talk and about
3: And I'm JR Redcliffe, training, <laughs> training sports reporter for the I, Milwaukee Journal. Fine, intro yourself. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Dang it,
2: Matub. That would have been great. You had the bit and I didn't. Damn it.
3: No, See, it and I, I was going to do that, but then you jumped in. Like, I was, was going to introduce myself as to R- yeah.
1: Reverse bit. Well done.
2: <laughs> dang it, dang it, though. If only I had, oh, I, you were a step ahead of me on that one. But my name's Jr. Radcliffe. I'm the trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I am, uh, if we're answering the question right off the bat, I am not super convinced about anything but the Lions. The vision of Jared Goff running free and untouched seems like uh, something that I'm going to be thinking about
0: for a little while,
2: and that concerns me, but uh, you know, whatever a win, you know, it, it, it definitely could have gone nuclear in the other direction, and it, it, it didn't. So, you know, we're good, we've got Aaron Rodgers giving you know, swear wordy uh, press conferences, some snide remarks, all is absolutely right in the world. So, uh, so yeah, I'm feeling good about it.
1: I love the golf run, made me think of Daryl Bevel <laughs> in the Rose Bowl. It just oh, my know oh, for, for me,
3: it was it was uh, the corpse of Peyton Manning's naked bootleg oh, when yeah. he was when That's he was a, a Bronco. One. Uh, that was good. Oh, and I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. Uh, good meme job. weaver, fragment packing company, general Twitter rabble rouser, and also uh, guest on the repack.
1: So, oh yeah, nice work, nice work last night with Justice wrapping up the game. Also, uh, nobody introduced me, including myself. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm Paul Noonan. I also write for Me Packing Company, do this podcast, MK Tailgate Podcast, and write for the Shepherd Express. So. Um, but Matt, very nice job with justice last night, especially a few in. Bravo, doing, man! Doing the post game pod is tough, so I uh, I appreciate the effort there. That was good. I was I, I was many bourbon Stephen. Jeez, oh, the
2: tub <laughs> bourbon content has exploded lately. I'm not yeah. sure what that's about, but
3: we it's a it's a brand now. Like I'm legitimately getting requests for more bourbon content. <laughs> yeah,
2: don't let that embolden you. No, you mean...
3: don't. That's how problems start. Well, uh-huh. next uh, next week I will be in Kansahoma, so there is a good chance at, at more bourbon content.
2: <laughs> here, Here is where I want to start, because in the first half I decided the only good thing about Joe Barry is that you could sing his name to the tune of O'Sherry, oh, the <laughs> 80s slash 90s jam from Steve Perry. Joe uh,
3: Barry. Barry.
2: And then like whatever comes next in the parody version could be any any sort of swear word or whatever. like You
3: here. suck so bad,
2: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> go home this is the first time that i really feel like you actually have a good singing voice Matab. i'm not sure i knew that before now oh matt it's matt at, can, yeah, it's, matt it's can
1: sing bad. and play instruments and stuff
2: <laughs> that's interesting i mean i've sung a few times on this podcast not a good idea but you my friend that was that was on, that was good that was on key uh For no one on my, this podcast
1: uh, the only person um who shouldn't sing on this podcast is me and if you are a five dollar patron you can go hear me sing right now so,
3: so my, my go-to is uh i'll cover you reprise from rent that's kind of my like that's good yes i can actually sing here uh, maybe song? that'll be the five
1: dollar uh <laughs> anyway, i can do i can do bassy stuff but everything i've sung so far on the patreon is all like Wheatus and fountains of wayne who have high voices and that just doesn't work so although gonna... the lyrics oh, go are good
2: I'm in a major fallout boy kick right now. And that guy's voice is not like technically good, but it's unique. And it's in a range that I absolutely cannot hit. So like, I can't sing any of these songs, but I just like rock them in the car and I could just hear the cracking in my voice. Like that's whatever, neither here nor there. Anyway, Joe Barry, Joe Joe Barry. Barry, panic
3: at the disco panic at the disco is my car karaoke <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah like no one can hit brennan Yuri's notes but it's cool because they're great songs and you got to sing them out loud somewhere um <laughs> that guy doing into the unknown at the end of the frozen two soundtrack we, is.
3: we need to talk about this so because good. none of us actually wants to talk about joe barry
2: yeah th- it's true joe barry uh did Matt LaFleur just order Joe Barry to do things differently in the second half? That's like the biggest takeaway I have from, from the press conference. And that's like a major, like red alert, red flag. Like what game (laughs) two. And you're like D coordinator, do it differently. Like that's, that's a problem guys. He's
3: he's like, have you tried blitzing?
2: (laughs) Did you think about pressure? It wasn't even blitzing. He's like, I I told him to turn up the pressure. Like, did you think about pressure? Yeah. thought about it.
3: You exclusively saw four man rushes in the first half. It was oh, it was it was so Justice Must as get hell. It. What's that? It was vanilla as hell. Yeah, it was, was they were they were calling like super stock Madden coverages, right? Like and then like, oh it's a passing situation, so we're gonna do nickel, but still have a four-man front and and not blitz. And yeah, it was a it it was the the old like um playing not to lose style of defense. Yeah. So so, so Justice Justice on the on the post game last night mentioned that uh, it, this was before we knew about Lafleur having a hand in changing things. Um, uh, he thought that the change in strategy was because the Packers had the lead, and so it was going into like a oh, excuse me, it was going into like a uh, as if it was third and long all the time kind of defense. Okay, which made sense, but then the Lafleur
1: stuff came out, and now I have no idea what to believe. I think uh, the few takeaways here are: it's good that Matt Lafleur is confident enough in being head coach to do that, yeah, and and realized that something was wrong and that it needed fixing. That's good. It's very bad that Joe Barry was just like humming along, seeing every single team score at will on the Packers, and just like, nope, let's, let's try it again, see if it works again. That's that's bad. That's that's no good. Not a fan of that, but. uh maybe Matt's a better defensive coordinator than than we've uh we've thought. <laughs>
3: What's funny is Paul actually means me. Yes, I do. I'm
1: I'm a better defensive coordinator <laughs> than Joe Barry. Than Joe I would Barry. I would absolutely hire you before I would hire Joe Barry because you haven't <laughs> failed miserably at being a defensive coordinator twice before. So.
2: I mean, through six quarters, it could not have been a worse case scenario than what the Packers were were witnessing there.
1: Like nope. it you know, the jokes about oh they'll fire him at halftime
2: of course, you know, that's stupid, but like it, especially after that it would not now i no longer can rule out that someday at some point in this season they, they would move on i you can't rule it out if he's like already telling you what to do differently in the second half of game two that's alarming to me
1: absolutely is and, and like if if you're if matt has to make all the changes at defensive coordinator and then what's the point of joe barry like any <laughs> anybody can just rush for and and cover various ways and if you i think the big thing here is like they weren't getting pressure they don't have Zedarius Smith and you need to generate pressure and if you don't change something to compensate for his loss either by blitzing or doing something creative you're going to get killed and it shouldn't take your your head coach to be like hey guy not working missing your best pass rusher do something else like that's ridiculous it's so, not good and it's and it's
3: funny that the packers with no pressure the play that everyone remembers for Kevin King for last night was actually a quote unquote, broken play. It's what would have been a coverage sack, but King's man who was sitting like in what was supposed to be just like a zone beater, decided to just turn and run. And Kevin King turns like
1: a school bus. So he's very <laughs> slow. It, this This was like the Kevin King is slow, like highlight reel. Uh, just every movie made. Uh, and when you compare him to Stokes too, Stokes is like deceptively fast. When he when I, when at first I thought it was King out there with him turning around, and then it's like, oh wow, he's catching up. Wow, I haven't seen that before. That's crazy. Stokes has a second gear. Like there, there was an, um
3: I'm sorry. Did you hear my toddler announce that she's going potty? No, but no. but thank you for clarifying. To, her, <laughs> yeah. to she listeners. just yelled down the stairs. I thought my mic would have picked it up. Um. Uh, so uh, there was a play near the end where Stokes was in man and his I, I don't know what wide receiver had a step on him and threw the hand up and Stokes like very obviously caught him. It's like that dude runs a 4-3 like you can't call for the ball when you have one step on him. Nope. <laughs>
2: well, he oh, didn't, that was that didn't was nice. know. Nobody knew what Eric Stokes was capable of because he hadn't played any football. So like maybe he had no idea <laughs> what he was matching up with.
3: Eric Stokes is also like a, like if you're just glancing and you see like a number that starts with two. And a guy that's kind of tall and yep. lanky, yep. And with a you, long like, hair. Oh God, is that Kevin King? Oh no, no, yeah. he actually oh, made. A, oh no, it's, a it's pass the good defense. one. Okay, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's a really encouraging development that he actually might be a good one. You know, like that the, the Packers might actually have something with Stokes. What a yeah. huge takeaway! I'm from just King.
3: bummed that
1: that Greg Newsom is so good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he was right. He's so close.
1: <laughs> I, I think cool. the, the only positive takeaway, like with with the goal in mind of winning a title. The Stokes thing is huge because if he's actually good, as good as he looked in this game, as good as he's been this year so far, that's that's enough. You you can win with that. Um, he, he but his PFF grade is higher than Jair's is right now. He, his um, coverage grade is a seventy six point four, which is elite. Jair's is sixty seven point two. Not that all this matters that much, but um, that's good. And is that cumulative or just for the game? That's cumulative for this season. Okay,
3: I was like, because Jair was targeted multiple times and only allowed one catch on a drag in garbage time.
1: Yeah, uh, they don't take up, out enough garbage time at PFF, in my opinion. Their definition isn't as good. Uh, Ryan gets this right. His garbage time definition is better than theirs is. Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter. We don't question that Jair is good. We know Jair is good. We have multiple seasons that Jair is good. If, if Stokes is as good on the other side, then... You can fix the pass rush because you can send guys and be confident in your outside corners to defend properly as long as people get home. It opens up creativity in blitzing. And that's something they haven't had in, I don't know, like forever since um, the last time they had two good cornerbacks. Well, whatever that was, 2010, I suppose. Um, I was going to say 2009. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so it's a big a development. Team. He's allowed one catch on five targets so far this year. That's really good. Kevin King has allowed six target, six catches on seven targets this year for 133 yards. He sucks something awful. He has the worst coverage grade on the team at 47.1. Um, it's it is baffling that he started the season given if it, I mean it's small sample size, but Eric Stokes looks just way better than Kevin King does. Uh, wh- like what were they thinking? Just asinine. And by the it's way, a, it's, Kevin King's still playing, moved into the slot for much of the game, when yeah, Stokes so, was in, which is stupid also.
3: Uh, there was a take from one of Acme Packing Company's own Peter Bukowski. Um, Peter was like, oh, I actually like Kevin King in the slot no, you, because but, he, he he can't flip his hips. So you can just let him play in the slot and get what's underneath. And I said, Peter, that's all well and good, but then he still has to tackle.
1: Yeah, <laughs> slot guys have to tackle and and be like small space shifty. He, he's none of these things like the only no, thing not. Kevin King is good at at all is being tall in the red zone that's it um and if you're not using him for that purpose he's gonna get burned so I uh, maybe Peter, they on. could use Kevin King as a special teams gunner <laughs> if you want to get him killed
3: sure um, maybe they could use him as a special teams gunner
2: <laughs> we uh I I do uh, my kids pick up every day in a really large back parking lot and frequently you'll have school buses that have to navigate kind of a narrow area to get there and they'll just come into that parking lot and do a big turnaround and like it's just a big circle in this big lot. And now every time I see one of those, I'm going <laughs> to think about <laughs> Kevin King.
3: <laughs> this, is, this is Kevin King flipping his hips. This is...
1: <laughs> Kevin King in oh, the drop off line <laughs> that he yeah. can handle. Oh man,
2: Uh, he had a straight line that's exactly right he's fine but uh oh well he did have one good play you got to hand it to him he didn't completely i mean he he had some some low lights but he he did make one good play knocked the ball away and
3: that was kevin king's helmet this this is this is an example i am
2: absolutely looking for silver linings here,
3: (laughs) even a blind dog can sniff his own ass all right that was (laughs) (laughs) kevin king's got the super lucky. And that would have been like the catch of the year, too.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the catch of the year was early in the game. That pass to Hawkinson. Like, I mean, I wanted to be mad at the linebackers for not guarding that well enough. But like, what are you going to do? Yeah, that was, that was actually well I, done. I, I, that was great. I,
3: I, I dogged on uh, what the hell is his name? Campbell?
1: The yeah, Robert Campbell. Yeah. yeah.
3: I dogged on Campbell at the time. And then upon replay, realizing that it was
1: actually a rub route and he still stayed with Hawkinson. Yeah. Like, it was a nice it job. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Just one of those things that's hard to defend. Devonta Campbell had a really nice game. He, he, yeah. He is a, just by being average, a giant upgrade from what they've had, I don't know, 10 years. I was going to say, what is it that you said that, like, like inside linebacker doesn't matter unless they're awful? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it, you have to have, like, it's nice if you have a great one. Like, um, uh, oh, shoot. Playing, who's the Bears inside linebacker who's good? I, Roquan, Roquan Smith. Smith. Roquan Smith out of pick six. If you get Roquan Smith, good on you. But the one thing you can't afford to have is just trash, which they've had for way too way too much. I like average. This is good. Average is good. They, this is the exact kind of signing a good front office should make. You got a solid veteran presence to play a position that you can't suck at. That's exactly what Devondre Campbell is. Um, had a, had a very nice game and. They they finally I think have a decent anchor in the middle of the field. By the way, his run stop grade by PFF is really good, and I've, I saw him get plowed over a couple times. But I do think that's mostly because the D line in front of him just isn't stopping anything, and yeah, anyone, he really fought through some tough situations and did a nice job. Anyone not named Kenny Clark is just a hot garbage. Fire. Yeah, it's it's. I think that I think a surprise for the weakest position on the defense is the defensive line, well, outside linebacker, but. I, I I'm Gary's not terrible. It's just like they're they're not consistently rushing the passer, uh, and I think they would do a better job with a better line in front of them. Preston's well, the, been okay too, not not awful. The thing that really like people were talking a lot of crap about Gary getting
3: blanked by T.J. Hawkinson last night, but what what uh, is not being realized by the masses is if there is no interior pressure and you get a speed rusher like Gary he has to go too deep, like because the quarterback can always step up and you need some kind of push from the middle for that kind of rusher to get home. And I, I swear it was on this podcast, right. Where I was like, I was like, go watch the the Broncos Super Bowl and look at Derek Wolf, not at Von Miller. Yeah. Yes. That's, this was, was this this was Von Miller with no Derek Wolf.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good comp.
2: And I mean, it's, it's not ultimately that bad that, uh, That Jared Goff had a lot of time because he's not that good. So they, you know, he fortunately <laughs> did not hurt them. He did make a couple throws. That throw to Hawkinson was amazing. Yep. But uh, I, I think you got to give the, the secondary credit for keeping things pretty much in check. There was there, there were obviously some concerning drives in the first half, but things things shifted and Stokes played well. And you know they weren't really they weren't really dangerous in the second half, and that was uh, that was a relief. Thank goodness. Because I just keep thinking how this game goes differently. Like in the second half. I, I didn't think they were gonna win at halftime down 17 14. I, I know that's that's nothing. And their offense had done really well, but I, I you know, I figured they just get stopped a couple times and then the Lions figure out ways to churn, you know, churn some some clock yeah. and uh you know it didn't it didn't go that way, thank goodness. A couple big, big turnovers. I mean, one just because the lines are, are bad, really both of them because the lines are bad, but uh <laughs> they, they, they did what they needed to do.
3: Did did you guys watch the Manning cast?
2: I watched some of it. It's a little bit easier. I loved it last week. It's a little easier when you don't care about the actual action. Uh, but uh, but it's 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 great. The idea is great. It should start to take over all of football coverage. But
3: well, the so the the parts of the Manning cast that included people or included no one were the best. I mean, there's yes, and I completely uh,
2: agree with you. Absolutely true.
3: Peyton Manning's comments were invaluable I think for the average person to say that like Aaron Rodgers is quote unquote bad against cover two because he wouldn't take what was there and Peyton's like it's insulting because he knows that he's going to be able to throw underneath all day and they are saying your ego won't be in check and like this was kind of the proof that like Aaron Rodgers can play the Tom Brady game yeah
2: yeah
1: he yep. just never does <laughs>
2: well but then you mix in two ridiculous throws the, the oh, touchdown throw to Tanyan and uh, the and the, the ball to Devonte like those are those are insane i'm not well, sure to get ready the ball to
3: Devonte was against um cover 1 yep. there was only there's only one man deep like oh that's and, right
2: that's right later on in the first half yeah, right and, and Peyton
3: was the, Manning was losing his mind i
2: know that was Is early it, in the second half
1: it was second half yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: he was, it was, it, was early. it was he goes it's third and 12 why wouldn't you continue doing what got you third and 12 why would you change it now <laughs> Thank you, Lions.
2: Yep, Thank it you, was Lions. it was
1: baffling. They, they went away from Cover Two a little bit in the second half because Jones was crushing them so much. But uh, third and twelve, not the time to do it. A bizarre decision.
2: Uh, Aaron Jones was so oh, God. He was good, and I mean, I was just thinking coming into the game. You know, like if they don't block for him again, we're gonna have that conversation on this podcast about about signing running backs long term because we know Aaron Jones is special. But it doesn't matter if you can get, you know, randos to 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 do to do that amount of production. And certainly if it's going to be like nine yards, you can get any rando to do that. So I thought that's where this conversation was headed. And Aaron Jones was such a difference maker. You know, you have to acknowledge how great Oh, he was so great. That was. I think also, also how amazing. much
3: better Aaron Jones was than A.J. Dillon last night kind of also speaks for Aaron Jones. Does. It's
2: surprising to me, too. I love A.J. Dillon. He just didn't have the spark that Jones had.
1: I don't like powerbacks, so I'm going to be against that. But that's what, I I always loved Eddie Lacy
3: because he was a powerback who could make people miss. He didn't have to search for contact.
1: That's fine. I like that okay.
3: But yeah. You're not going to just miss... bowl over NFL players. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you are if you can get into the second level, but you have to be blocked into the second level.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, uh, Kyle and Hill also in uh, special teams and small sample size. Not too shabby. Looks good. Comfortable with that. But Aaron Jones is really, really good. I know we don't like paying running backs around here, but uh, by next-gen stats, Aaron Jones was actually the best running back in the league last year at um, yards over expected. Just how good you are, given the blocking you have and, and things like that. He truly is special with, re- with his receiving prowess even more so. He. He's uh really turned into a dangerous player in the passing game as well, which he was not at the start of his career. He's a good developmental success story too, and you saw that too. It's hard for running backs to score near the end zone. It, it is not as easy as Aaron Jones made it look. Getting out into the pattern that quickly, the space is compressed, you usually run up against um, tougher pass defenders. He was, he was phenomenal, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers' line looks nearly as good if Aaron if. If it's Dylan instead of Jones out there, um, it's a much tougher road to hoe.
2: Monday night is the first time I I saw Aaron Jones with the ball and thought he's just as dangerous with it in his hands as Devontae Adams. I mean, both those guys had really good games, but we've talked before about Devontae Adams' ability to just, you know, like get the extra yard or two. Like he just and he definitely had that last night. That extra electricity. And and you felt that from Aaron Jones the second he had the ball in his hands yep. like the first the first guy wasn't gonna bring him down and if he was it wasn't gonna be clean now obviously there were a couple plays that didn't work but like for the most part and a really interesting call you're talking about in the in the passing game at the goal line they could have easily given Aaron Jones the ball and and had him try to beat the guy to the edge instead they get that extra split second. You know, Rogers throws a pretty, I think, kind of a tough ball. Yeah, agreed. And and Jones hauls it right in like it's nothing, and, and scampers in like that was that was money stuff. That's Aaron Jones' development. That's yeah. exactly what you're talking he about. He looks
1: like such a polished receiver now. He used to be, uh, he used to struggle just a lot in the passing game. It looked like he was concentrating on bringing the ball in every time. Now sure. he looks like a receiver out there. It's really a good weapon to have. It, I, I don't like, I don't really like the contract they gave him. But if you're gonna pay for that, you got to pay for. Uh, a, a skill that's hard to get. And I think him in the passing game, combined with what he brings to the table rushing the ball, is at least debatably worth it. You, you don't get that from every running back. A.J. Dillon's not a threat with, in the passing game. He's just not. Uh, and maybe Colin Hill is, but as much as I love him, he's a seventh rounder, and you don't want to go into a season counting on him for that. So um, it uh, certainly won him a game here. Having Aaron Jones in, in on the roster was directly responsible for them at least dominating this game. Maybe they <laughs> eke out a win without him, but it's a lot closer.
2: It's also helpful to have podcast favorite Alan Lazard blocking on the perimeter.
3: (laughs) Poor Alan. Taking up
2: the whole screen, baby, with uh, Aaron Jones running on by.
3: Lazard has a body count from last night.
1: He does.
2: So many
3: souls. I
1: I Actually, I I don't ever want to interview anybody, but I would love to talk to Alan Lazard just to see what his attitude is about this season, because he's not catching any balls. He, uh... He he is like sixth in in line to get targets and with Randall Cobb around and he's just a monster as a blocker. He's so good at it and doesn't seem to mind only being called on to do it. Uh um, well, he's like he's like the money
3: ball Brandon Marshall, right? Like yeah. like we need we need someone for the blocking production and
1: we need someone for the receiving production. So we're just going to use two different people. When he first kind of um, started playing a lot, people talked a lot about, oh, we should turn him into a tight end, which is ridiculous because he's just not the size of a tight end at all. He's like 30 pounds too light. But honestly, he's kind of just Mercedes Lewis. Like, he, he's out there, he's not catching passes, and he's just mauling people. So maybe not as stupid as we thought because he's such a good blocker. And um, I, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want him up against a defensive end, but... Uh, He's really good at it. It's a it's a good skill to see.
3: Hmm. Well, I mean, and that's we said over and over again that the Lafleur offense is if you're not the guy getting the target, you need to block your ass off.
2: What's India. surprising to me though is why is how is he not getting targets? It's not like Amari Rogers is taken off here. I know Randall Cobb caught a couple
3: balls, but like <laughs> Amari Rodgers was an embarrassment in that game,
2: <laughs> right? So <laughs> like, who's who's going to catch all the balls? You know, Marcus, held the scaling isn't bringing in four catches a game, barely. He,
1: he's he gets up four targets. targets a game.
2: <laughs> yeah, four targets a game. So, like, it, it can't all go to Devante and Tanyan, can it? Or Aaron Jones. Well, Jones. I guess maybe
1: it can. Yeah, and, and Cobb. That's the problem. He's got Devante, Cobb, MVS, Jones, Tanyan, all ahead of him. And so he's just, he's going for the scraps on the trick plays with Lewis and maybe the random Amari play out there. And that's kind of it. So he's just not, I mean, that's like, fighting for four targets a game with four guys and th- yeah. that's his lot in life right now
2: all right well randall cobb is a thing again i guess <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh uh it, to keep in brand with the podcast my most successful tweet of the week is talking about how my wife thinks that randall cobb is dreamy
2: i mean have you seen those eyes that's <laughs> what he's talking about <laughs> he right dreamy. yes so incredible. so quite
3: literally cobb made that catch on like it was a free play like third and 15 or something yeah um, he caught a, like, a contested catch for first down, and I, and my wife was just sitting on the couch next to me, and I said, "Nina, look, Randall Cobb did a thing," and she likes Randall Cobb, and she goes, "Oh, that's nice. Did they show his eyes?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you imagine in Kentucky where he's wearing that blue and it's bringing out his eyes? I mean, this is why the entire state of Kentucky loves Randall Cobb, yeah, because he he was he was like extremely esth- extremely aesthetically pleasing.
1: I do wonder if he. Uh, if he minds, so Aaron gets him killed a lot, and did yesterday as well. And I do wonder if he missed that because he didn't get killed as much on the Texans. He ran a lot safer routes, but um, he was he looked good. He he brought something to the table. He was kind of inspiring in the third quarter. And that that catch he did catch on the the free play, he got destroyed. Yeah, uh, yeah. So
3: yeah. why is it that the Aaron fight fight so hard to get his friend back on the team, and then throws him hospital balls? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think if you of
2: Devante too, so he spreads balls around.
1: Are, I trust you balls, and that's why he gets them. It's uh I'm in trouble, I need to get this out, and I know you'll hold I know you'll hold it in even if it kills you, and that's why he throws them.
3: And see and the difference between that and like Jay Cutler threw hospital balls
1: just because he did not give a damn. Exactly. <laughs> malice my, my po- it's different my- love versus malice.
2: My poor wife is a Lions fan, and she just, she, oh. that was like the end of the game. Like, not only did they screw it up, but they get exactly 14 yards on third and 14 to Randall Cobb. Oh, man. <laughs> that was the end of the night for her. Couldn't, couldn't do it anymore.
1: Lions fans I, I really
2: enjoyed.
3: Like, I really enjoyed uh, Pat McAfee down to the last second of the game, who very obviously put a lot of money on the Packers to cover. <laughs> <laughs> so when the Lions had the ball for their last draft, he was like losing his mind.
2: Oh, yeah. Eric Stokes. Pat McAfee's a big Eric Stokes guy right yes, now. Yes, oh yeah, is.
1: Big time.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
3: Let's I, talk- I do, I, I do enjoy betting talk on TV. I think because it's been such a big part of sports, like under the table for so long. I like that it's now out in the open.
2: It's been completely unleashed. Yeah, it's part of every conversation, pretty much. Yep. Let's talk about my friends on the offensive line because they showed
3: John up. Runyon.
2: John Runyan, Runyan, very nice
1: game,
3: well done. John, John Runyon was a very good tackle in college who has T Rex arms.
1: We all kind of thought he was going to be a guard eventually. <sighs> JR is. Uh, this is not a visual medium, but showing off the T-Rex arms. Yes, if, if
3: you've if you've
1: ever seen Meet the Robinsons, JR is doing they have a big head, with so, little arms. The line was outstanding. Elton Jenkins was outstanding. They just opened Gosh, up Myers. giant holes. For Elton Aaron Jenkins Jones.
3: did not hold on that play. By the way, no, that's true. That was, that was so garbage dumb. call.
2: Josh Myers had a good game, which is huge for uh, for a rook to to bounce back. And I, I don't know, I don't know if he was really like terrible in week one. He wasn't really the main problem. But...
3: I, I do, I do appreciate Paul's rundown. Josh Myers quietly very good. Yeah, that's it. oh there that's it the, is. The best thing that you can say about a center is I did <laughs> yeah. not, I did not hear his name ever. Absolutely. Yeah, Aaron,
2: and Aaron mentioned him by name in the post uh, the post game stuff when they, he was asked about the line. He's like, I think Josh played really well. So,
3: do you remember the last time Aaron Rodgers mentioned? a rookie lineman from ohio state (laughs)
2: uh it's got to be lindsley right yes
3: it was during it was like halfway through the rookie year of lindsley he's like this guy is a pro bowl player he needs to be in the pro bowl put him in the pro bowl all right and and after that lindsley was like on the map and so i think that maybe we we finally have or finally maybe we have something in our second round pick
1: rogers took a few sacks but they were Basically, all on him, just buying time and then eating it versus turning it over.
3: Yeah. I have a theory that his big, big, big sack on third down prior to the Boyorquez uh, punt, yep, was to give Boyorquez more room, <laughs> I, like because he's he's a very good kick the hell out of it punter, and an extra ten yards of room put them inside the ten. But then the coverage team messed it up.
1: Maybe he probably just didn't want to turn it over though. Also, that I, I, I I'm, like I'm the trying
3: theory. to get benefit of the doubt here. Look, yeah. Aaron Rodgers' his entire career has snapped the ball too late into the play clock and held the ball too long on third and long and gotten sacked way too deep. We've all known this. Yes. I'm just trying to be nice here because I've been very mean to Aaron Rodgers <laughs> the last three weeks. <laughs>
1: well, he's been garbage until this week, so that's fine.
3: <laughs> Aaron Rodgers looks like a man who smells like patchouli and sells uh, cheap weed at an expensive price.
2: It's extremely weird. The metaphors have gotten weird. Uh, I, I can't even follow them anymore. You know what uh, patchouli smells like? It's awful. Of course, I don't know what patchouli. What is patchouli? I know who like, Zaza Patchulia is. What is patchouli? Patchouli oil is
3: like like hippie perfume.
2: Okay. I, I mean, I know what weed smells like because I've been to Summerfest. <laughs> it
1: smells like that. So okay, you know.
2: sort of. All right, I've been to Summerfest. I yep. know what all those <laughs> smells are like. Um, I went to the we...
1: show at Summerfest. I
3: really was oh, like, find I the went... closest white guy with dreads. He probably smells like patchouli. All
2: right. Sounds good. I went to pre 11. Yeah. So uh, I want to get your opinion. The, the Tunyon, the Tunyon touchdown. Do, do we think that that was a, that was like scripted or, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's almost, it's too good to be believed.
3: It was like not, it, not it, scripted. Matt, I go mean, first. It, it was cover two man. They showed man before the snap, and Tunyon was in the slot. in In cover two man, if you have someone coming up the seam, you always throw at that guy.
2: Yeah. Okay, so it's not just an effort throw that happened to work out because of miracle.
1: Uh, no, honestly, it was, it was the read.
3: Yeah, it, it, it was right. the read. Now, Lazard was booty butt naked open. He should have and, thrown it to Lazard, and he should have thrown it to Lazard because he was in his line of sight. Yeah. There's, it, <laughs> it,
1: if Lazard had been open like that, open on on these sidelines somewhere. It would have been it would have made sense. But he, he was staring right at him. <laughs> he was right there with nobody on him. So So I mean, why not throw at him? Yeah, because right. that's he, just... he threw it
3: over Lazard. Like he
1: had to
2: miss right. Lazard. He, he clearly
1: <laughs> saw Lazard and, and aimed it around him so that he wouldn't intercept it.
2: <laughs> um so why why do that? That's weird. It's just
3: weird the, because, that's the first because touchdown, first down, check down.
2: All right.
1: But I mean it's a it's a it's it's skillful. It's, it's Aaron, but you, that's a dangerous throw to Tanyan. And it, still, like Lazard might have scored on that play. It, he certainly gets you <laughs> within the three. So it, it's it's not a bad throw. It's a touchdown. But yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a questionable questionable decision. And he had a Wait, couple hey, man, of those. At least
3: at least we know that Roger still has
1: enough zip on the ball to like make that throw. That's
3: true. So. There's nothing oh.
1: physically wrong with him. That's that's the the big takeaway on Aaron. It's just I mean, how's your brain his hair, working today? It's, it's, his hair is physically wrong. <laughs> okay, there's one thing physically wrong.
0: Dude,
2: you were all you all mad at somebody who wrote an article about how how big Mike McCarthy was, but you love to make physical physical characteristic observations. I'm just saying, little bit. There's of a the difference. Between,
3: there's a difference between obesity and a haircut i don't know is
2: there like some people are really passionate it's a about
3: false dichotomy
2: <laughs> that's not the expression you're looking for but uh whatever <laughs> false, false equivalents he, uh, he
1: controls his haircut he is attempting to to give off a certain vibe with his oh haircut. yeah oh, and yeah.
2: this isn't an i just got lazy thing
1: yeah there, there's effort going into this thing and i uh, sends an interesting message <laughs>
2: So there was some news for the Packers on Tuesday. The the Jace Peter Jace Peterson, geez. Jace Sternberger. <laughs>
1: J-R, JR watching the Brewers. Uh, I'm right obviously
2: now. watching the Brewers, and I'm frustrated, and I, I'm i frustrated. But Jace Sternberger, who uh, who would have been eligible to play this week if they had found a roster spot for him, is not going to play this week because they chose not to find a roster spot for him. He's been released. He was not good, really, at, at, at any point. He had a lot of problems that were a little off the field-y, and... Eh. That's uh that's not a good
3: draft pick. So I, I, I personally don't believe that his off the field issue should be held against him. He was struggling with his mental health medication mm. and it had an adverse reaction with some alcohol, and then he made the poor decision to get into a car and drive and passed out. Uh he admitted it. He that's was fair. he was he was very open about his issues, and I commend him for that. <coughs> However, he was a butt cheeks tight end. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's also that, there's also that. <laughs> like that's i'm happy he was cut for that reason
2: but also was it was there a question of effort though in the on field i guess off
3: your Yeah, he, he, at it. he tried real hard this preseason
1: yeah he did mm-hmm. he was one of their preseason stars and um you know the, the coaching staff went out of its way to not praise him on some of his positive plays in hey, the preseason yeah.
3: you know what jr uh Jay Sternberger had a big catch running a nine up the scene against seam against cover two. So if you go back and watch his preseason highlights, you can learn about how to beat cover two.
2: I did notice him a lot because every time I see eighty seven, I assume it's Jordy Nelson back from the dead. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I saw him a lot in the preseason too. I I I didn't take anything away from the preseason, but uh, (laughs)
1: uh,
2: but yeah, like it's fine. He um as we've been talking about though, the Packers and third round picks have not. Have not worked well together. No. There's been some issues.
1: Paul, run the list. Sure. They seem to just lose their process in the third round. It's very strange. Jay Sternberger was never a good pick for this team, especially for LaFleur. He was not a good blocker in college. He had one good season after he transferred schools, which I think is always a little bit of a red flag. Not always, like Russell Wilson did it, but um, if you're not getting playing time at your first school, it's often a red flag at a position well, where you play multiple people.
3: Didn't Russell Wilson graduate?
1: Yeah, he did. And then okay. he wanted to go to a school that would show off his talents okay. a little better. Well, and Jay Sternberger, I thought he like won like the best tight end in football award. Maybe, but his stats aren't overwhelmingly good. And he's a medium yeah. athlete. He's, a, he's got like a five Raz. And, like, And he can't block. Like He's a p- terrible fit for this. But over the last decade, the Packer third-round picks are Amari Rodgers, who is not off to a good start. Josiah Deguera, who's a fullback. um, then, then there's Jace. Then there's Oren Burks, who's a special teams player. Then there's Montrevius Adams, who is a backup on the Saints for Christian Ringo. There's <laughs> Kyler Fackrell, who we all know and love. There's We well, had a
2: strip sack this weekend, Kyler Fackrell. Good did. for
1: Kyler Fackrell. <laughs> yes. There's Ty Montgomery, who is most famous for making... Um, uh, who, 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 Andy number. Benoit mad for winning the wrong number yeah, Andy
3: Benoit got mad and also uh, Ty Montgomery for losing a game against the Rams single handedly. oh yeah the
2: Ravens that. or was it Rams it was a Raven
3: it was yeah I think it might have been Ravens I don't know uh, he, It there was there's two minutes left he brings out a kickoff that he was specifically told to leave in the end zone yep. and then fumbled
2: there's you Kyrie. never get those cut immediately moments, and then a guy gets cut immediately or traded immediately.
1: <laughs> every now and then, you get one of those moments. Yes, you do. And that was one. Um, Kyrie Thornton, if you go to mock draftables, is a perfect comp for every defensive end who has ever failed on the Packers, and they had a type, <laughs> and it was all bad. Um, Richard Rodgers, not bad. Definitely the best of this group. A, not a great tight end. But, uh, you know, a serviceable tight end. Richard, Richard Rogers is... Okay, so so what Jamal Williams is to carrying the ball, yep. Richard
3: Rogers is to catching it. That's fair.
1: It's a good comp. I like it. Then there's and Alex Green, a running Also, Richard back. Rogers is
3: still playing, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Then you go to Morgan Burnett, who's actually a good player. So it's uh, yeah. not a good list. It's very bad. They should <laughs> just trade their third-round pick every year.
2: So, do you have a theory? Is this is this random? Because third round, you know, you could it could be kind of random, or is it that they they spend all the energy focusing on the process for picks one and two, and then three they take big swings? Or because it doesn't strike me that these are like big swing guys. It strikes me that they're kind of low level safe guys that don't don't fit. Like, what's up with that?
1: I, if I had to wager, I think that the third round is when they start going for need, and that's their problem. Because okay. that's what this looks like to me. Like Amari Rodgers is filling out, I mean, forget pre-Cobb, filling out the receiver room. Deguara mm-hmm. is a, I want a Kyle check on my team. Sternberger, we discussed a lot in APC Slack today, is a, we need a tight end. And this is the best tight end on the board right now. And so we'll take him. But way better tight ends went earlier and they just didn't come to the spot that they wanted them. And uh, I, I think that's that goes for a lot of these guys. I think yeah. that's what Fackrell it, well, it, is. Like, I think that's what Montgomery like get, is.
3: Oren Burks is like legitimately top ten all time athletes at inside linebacker. He is, and so like maybe
1: that's one. of I think those, he like, was yeah. a high upside pick. I, I think he's just yeah. a a uh, a miss, a normal miss.
3: Montrevious Adams, everyone was like ev- every preseason, everyone's oh you know Adams big step up this year, and nope, nope. <laughs> Kyler Fackrell, oh. I think another physical choice. He was a pretty good athlete.
1: Was he? Is that what that yes. was up? That, that was about everybody. Hated yeah, he was that very fast. I remember him being because he was like because he was um he's a Mormon mission guy, right? So he was really really old, and so didn't have any projection behind him.
3: Kyler Fackrell was a uh, seven o two with a phenomenal broad and a really really really
1: good ten yard split. All right. So yeah. Okay. Good athlete.
2: Paul, we are uh, we're, we're getting a little late before we get to the questions. I want to hear your theory on defense. You have said you said before this that you had some <laughs> optimism. You had a theory. Uh, I don't know. Theory is the wrong word. But you had an optimistic takeaway about this defense, which I do, I don't feel very strongly about the defense. Well, after this I'm game. I'm
1: not I'm not going to say I think it's going to be a world beater defense. But there's a couple of positive signs and a couple of personnel moves they can make. So first of all, it's great that Stokes appears to be good because if they have two good outside corners. They can fix the pass rush. They have they have enough blitzing capability to do that. And their other big problem is I think on defensive line. And if they just get a little more beef up there and let people work behind them, Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith and Gary and and Zedarius when he's back, if he comes back, um, that's enough. So I, I don't like Joe Barry. I think he sucks. And I think this is, team is more likely than not to, to not be good on defense. But Outside corners fix a lot. They open up the door for strategic fixes over personnel fixes, and that helps a lot. So just keep an eye on Stokes. If he can maintain outside, then they can blitz and create pressure, and that fixes everything. Um, On the other side of that, they're paper thin at that position because Kevin King's the backup. So it's a dicey proposition. They need those guys to stay healthy. They got nothing else there if any one of Jair or Stokes gets hurt. But if those two are healthy... They can make the defense good with blitzing, and if they add some beef up front just by playing backups on the defensive line, it can be a very good defense as long as it's healthy. So that's the takeaway. King is a big problem. King is a domino. You fix that domino, you, you can suddenly be a lot better than you were, not just with King.
2: And you don't think there's any way working him in the slot is going to work out. He's
1: No, that's <laughs> No, I do not. He's he's super not built for the slot. He is the he opposite of a tackle. slot corner. It, like sure. it should, there should be like a, a 40s black and white training video about uh, you're 64, you're not a slot corner. Like that should be a thing that exists. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and
2: dodge. With a picture of a school bus turning around
3: in an open parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you know it's like I, I, I was stuck between turns like a school bus or or like the Austin Powers scene where he's trying to move the cart in the, in the hallway. <laughs>
2: doot, 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 back and forth. Should we do questions? Are we, got, we we're good to go? Yep. Uh, oh, oh
3: one, one thing I did want to mention. Um, Matt LaFleur totally pulled like a full-on Madden play on I believe his third and one that I cannot believe worked. Uh, fake fullback dive, halfback toss. I remember that play. I love that play. Aaron Jones beat someone to the edge, and I was just like, (laughs) I was screaming the whole time. I was like, no, no, yes, yes. That's not a bad play. That's a tech mobile play.
2: (laughs) It ended up being pretty easily gained. I mean, you got a lot after that, but I agree. Early, it did not look promising. A lot of of things going on with only a yard to get.
3: The misdirection did not work at all. No,
2: but Aaron Jones is good. So
3: that's yes. I wanted to mention that play before I forgot about it.
1: Okay.
2: All right, Patreon questions. As always, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get uh, some question priority here. And so that's where we start. Brian Polakowski asks or says, I can't decide if this was a quality win or this is still the Lions. What says the RAE team? I mean, obviously, we sort of touched on that, but I guess we could just put a bow on it. I think it's it's better than, like, for me, Wisconsin beating Eastern Michigan. Like, I think we learn more and have more optimism to take from it, but it's still in that same vein. Like, it's... eh, didn't commit. That first half was so unconvincing that I'm yeah. still not. I'm not ready to ha- be happy about it yet.
1: Covered the spread. You fixed a few things. You've got potential for greater fixes with Stokes with some other personnel changes with no more Lucas Patrick. Uh, so there's takeaways there that are extra positive. I'm not sure I'll say it's a quality win because you, you do want to see what they can actually do against good teams. Like it's not enough for the Packers to fatten up on garbage. They have plenty in the division to fatten up on. But, you know, you got to beat the Buccaneers at some point. And mm-hmm. this doesn't tell you much about that. Well, the
2: 49ers um, next week, for that matter. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> although the Niners Go got some problems. So, that, yeah. as, as smart as Shanny is, they're uh, they're in rough shape going into this game. But did, uh, did a baseball thing just happen, JR? It definitely did, yes. He's ahead of me 30 seconds, and I'm not looking forward to whatever Lorenzo Cain just did. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, it's, it's, a I think, a better win than I was expecting against the Lions. But uh I want to see I want to see a good team. Um so
3: I, I I think glossing over that they covered the spread is kind of doing an injustice to the game. Fair. They covered a 12 point spread. They did. It was a big I spread. don't I don't care how bad a team is. It is the NFL. And they covered a two touchdown spread. That's you know, good teams win, great teams cover. Covering a twelve point spread, I don't care who it is. That's a that's a pretty good job.
1: Yep, that's fair. They
3: beat the brakes off of a bad team. They they were going up against someone who, quote unquote, had the answers to stopping Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and and showed that they can not adjust their offensive game plan yep. when they're not immediately behind the eight ball. It's a quality win in that there's things to learn from it. There's things to give you hope, but no one knows anything about football
1: until week eight. So, yep. Jar, that was an absolutely terrible call by the first base. Game yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's getting overturned, and that's fine. But it's so <laughs> bad. Jason Albert, uh, again, something we've kind of touched on. But I know Jair is good, but do the Packers have any other good players on defense? Because as a unit, they look like quote dog shit. Um, I I was surprised at how little we've seen from Kenny Clark. You know, he just was such an animal last year uh, when healthy, and I don't know, we we just haven't seen that yet. But that might. I, be I the think
3: part of the game. the problem is, is everyone else saw Kenny Clark was an animal. Oh yeah, yeah. And so so now that he. Like and, and I was actually just discussing with a friend this morning. They said, "Oh, we just need another body on the defensive line." Yeah. I said, "We don't need a body. We need a trash can full of dirt."
1: Yep, you got. You <laughs> we got may see guy. that. That's the thing, and and it's a disservice to Kenny Clark that he's on that line with with the rest of the trash around him. He, he mm-hmm. does a ton of dirty work there and you just don't need to beat Kenny Clark to be effective. You can go after the people standing next to him and be just fine. So they do need another body there. It's another domino that could possibly <laughs> Lancaster. the defense.
3: Lancaster got uprooted like a like just manhandled. I didn't know a three hundred pound human being could get tossed around in that
1: fashion. Yeah. But they <sighs> well, have good players on the defense. They're, they don't have as many There's as they piece. have in the past because the Darius isn't there.
3: But um I, I, I also I think moving forward we might end up saying that Oren Burks is good if we'll he gets see. used as if he gets used as the interior blitzer as the playbook gets opened up yep. I think that that's that's his a good role
1: for him. We'll go with Stokes is tentatively good and Adrian Amos <laughs> is still a good player and a good safety. Darnell Savage I actually don't know. I have not watched him that closely over the first 2 Darnell
3: games. Savage is a missile. I know that. Over over the last year and a half seems to have actually learned how to play football. Okay, well, that's good.
1: And and I actually think Rashawn, Rashawn Gary is a good player, too. So there's... He, he might not be great, but he's a good player. So there's talent there's, there. They just need to hope. fill in a few gaps.
2: Philip Schumacher asks a couple questions. I'm going to run with the second one. The first one involves a nod to New Orleans getting blown out by Carolina as a possible harbinger of of doom. Uh, But uh, do you expect every team this season will show cover two against Rodgers? And are the Packers problems with cover two just a Rodgers problem? Or does LaFleur also need to start adjusting his game plan? Hmm.
1: I think basically every team will run it or at least try to run it. And the issue is the Packers have the weapons to beat it. And um, they showed it in this game. First of all, a, a stout running game will will make it very difficult to continue to run cover to you for a long time. It is a problem for the general Fangio Staley defense. Um, and that's part of the why the defense exists, is to get you to run. But the Packers are really good at running, and Aaron Jones is really good at running. So they can combat it, and Aaron, as long as he plays within himself um, and takes what's available and dinks and dunks and Brady's himself down the field... They'll be fine. It's when they get behind against cover two or when they get behind against teams that are built to play it with high-level defensive talent that it's a real big problem. And that that's like what the Buccaneers present. They can stop the run with safeties not in the box. Um, they have good corners across the board. And that's a problem for everybody, not just the Packers. But um, it is, I think, the way to go against Aaron because it makes him be patient and it makes the Packers be disciplined and slow things down. So it's a smart way to go and people will try it, but it's not like they can't beat it. They can, They're, they know how to do it. They just have to actually go out and do it.
3: It's, it's also worth noting that something like I, I looked this up a few weeks back last year, it was like 26 out of 32 teams were a cover three base team. Yep. And so it is, it is now somewhat of an exotic defense to play against. Once again, going back to Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning mentioned that he, he, played on a 4-3 team and he always struggled against 3-4 defenses because he never got to practice against it and if so if you're not prepared for cover two like like the they weren't last week because they were expecting that, that was like, weird cover three shell
1: that's worth mentioning too the Saints played out of type last week and the Packers were not prepared for it and I think in the future they will always be prepared for this mm-hmm
2: All right, Dr. Hillbilly asks, I think, a really good question. I love that name. Is there any way to know whether the drives or plays where they seem to get away from the LaFleurian philosophy are a result of Matt LaFleur forgetting his own strategy, Rogers changing the play at the line, or some other factor? I think he's probably, if I had to guess, referring to that third series in the first half after they had done so well and Aaron Jones had gotten all the touches they go away from Aaron Jones completely. They throw three passes, three and out immediately. Um, that, that did strike me as odd. I mean, it should be, you know, Aaron Jones isn't going to touch the ball every three plays, but, like, that was something that was... Was that
3: the one where there was a deep shot at MVS and it hit the corner in the back of the head?
2: That might have been that. Yeah, yeah. might have
3: so, been. So that was, to me, that was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' second favorite receiver behind Devonte Adams is pass interference. I don't think that there's anyone in the league as good as Aaron at throwing to a place where pass interference will be called. And I think he saw that as a possibility with MBS. I don't necessarily know if that was like the first read on the on the play.
2: Yeah. And Dr. Hillbilly even clarifies like he's a, he's asking, there's a lot of talk about LaFleur abandoning the run, but is it really the coach that's abandoning the philosophy or Aaron Rodgers getting tired of dinking and dunking? You know, they're not going to say but can smarter I think, people deduce?
1: So it, the general answer to that question is, it's not Aaron, so it is Aaron doing it, but it's not Aaron being like I want to pass all the time. It's Aaron making a read out on the field that he should be throwing a pass on this play a lot of the time. And I do think part of defending the Packers is sometimes putting a look out there that that causes Aaron to make an inefficient throw. Like Other teams are smart too, and um, they see things like quick throws to Devontae if they're defended properly, not always picking up that many yards, or quick throws to MVS being even better, and putting looks out there to try and entice those kinds of things. And I do think what you see sometimes over the the ebb and flow of a football game is uh, Rodgers opting to take passes where he shouldn't um, and occasionally LaFerre coming over and saying, hey, just grind out a couple running plays and then go back to play action and stuff and throw a couple bombs. So that does happen. And it's not like Aaron's being selfish necessarily. It's like sometimes the read is... Do this. And sometimes the read is do this to their detriment, but he's not making the incorrect read, he's making the correct read. And LaFleur has to adjust to that a little bit and maybe point out a nuance, like, um, you know, they're trying to get you to do this. So go do this read instead until a linebacker moves or a safety moves, and then you can flip back to our conventional um, you know, base plays and they'll work again, but you got to change it up a little bit. So that's that's what happens there. It's not really getting away from the strategy. It's not selfishness or anything like that. It's it's defenses reading and reacting, and and that's what happens.
2: I often I, uh, to once again bring everything back to baseball. I often meet those rec- sort of criticisms like, why are you getting away from what's working, or why aren't you immediately going to what's not working? Similar to like pitch selection in baseball, it's like you can't. You can't throw exactly what you just threw when it was effective. You have to be keeping people off balance. Everything is a game. Every move is, you know, every chess piece. So it's hard to, it's hard to really say like, I mean, three, three of the same play in a row might work or it might be a terrible idea. It's just, I don't know. It, it's something you hear a lot. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm never really, I never really buy it fully. It's more like, yeah, it's more like a a grand, you know, a grand picture that's at work there.
1: Yep. I think that's fair.
2: All right, Twitter questions. Jeffrey says, why does PFF not count the intentional grounding call as a sack for stat purposes? How is it effectively different than a sack if it is? I,
1: I can I can take this one. So the reason PFF doesn't count it as a sack is because in advanced analytics, even what PFF does, we don't care about sacks. Sacks <laughs> are a, uh, a... There's a lot of noise in, in the statistic of sack. And um, a lot of sacks are controlled by the quarterback. Um, the, in fact... Sacks actually track with quarterbacks better than they do offensive line or defensive players, um, so it's 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 not so much that it shouldn't count for stat purposes. It's that they don't care. They they care about hurries. Hurries predict sacks better than sacks do going forward, and that's the stat that they they care about for defensive linemen, edge rushers, whatever. Um, the NFL though. The NFL should definitely count intentional grounding as a sack. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's their stat. It's a loss of down. It, it's not like the play doesn't happen. Like it's not like there's an accounting problem here where you know it's it, on an offsides penalty the play never occurred. There, it's okay to wipe out the yardage on that. Like on an intentional grounding penalty, they lose the yardage that the quarterback lost and they lose the down just like it was a sack. So it should absolutely count as a sack. So PFF is being fine. They're being perfectly smart. They're just following the NFL. But the NFL should count them as a sack because they're definitely. A sack
2: all right david Collins says why did stokes get sullivan snapped via king was sullivan that bad in week one but no one noticed do barry gray know something about sullivan that we don't or was there something strategic such that king matched up better or did they just want to keep kevin king on the field because they felt bad <laughs>
3: i like, look, i swear that that this is a uh throwing good money after bad situation we're like we just signed kevin king to a lot of money so we need to use him
1: yeah, it's time to do a lot of money though just a one-year deal
3: it was like $6 Was What's oh,
1: okay. Channing Sullivan make? Like 600000 <laughs> But you can you can not play a guy on a one-year deal no matter what. No, but I, it,
3: there you go. Kevin King is an order of magnitude better than Channing
1: Sullivan <laughs> based on his salary. <laughs> so I agree with you that I think it is throwing good money after bad because there's no other reason to do this. He's not a slot corner. It's stupid. So um, That's all I got is it's a bad decision based on sunk costs and no... Shannon Sullivan has not had a great season, but he's had a better season than Kevin King has had, and should not be losing his job to Kevin King under any circumstances.
2: Also, we're talking about two games. Sullivan last year was better than Kevin King. So yes,
3: also he's that. Better at
1: their job. Very.
3: Wasn't Sullivan last year like one of the best slot corners in the league until no, the he was, Tampa
1: game? But he wasn't bad. He was he was above average.
3: Who, the, who I swear there was like some random. It was a Kadar Holman was like randomly super. Kadar good. Holman was randomly super good in yeah. a very
1: small sample size. Yeah. yeah there you go.
2: Quentin Wetzel asks, Rogers looked good last night, but at what point do we start worrying about his pocket presence? It looked like all three sacks were mostly his fault.
1: (laughs) They're always his fault. (laughs) They are. They're (laughs) always his fault. The the answer to your question is 2012. (laughs) Um, And Not to be flipped, but one of Aaron Rodgers' things is that he holds the ball a long time, waiting for guys to get open. Um, He's pretty good at buying time, and because he does it, he takes a lot of sacks. He was a little better last year. He improved his sack rate, pretty substantially last year but it's still a quality he has and it it goes hand in hand with him not throwing interceptions he would always rather take a sack than throw a pick and that's what he does so um, it's just it's one of the things that you have to deal with when Aaron's your quarterback and it will never stop
2: yeah Jonathan Deal says does Heflin take over for Lowry or Lancaster before or after the 49ers rack up 150 rushing yards.
1: He, uh, well, let's just
3: hope he's freaking active next week. Uh, <laughs> I
2: think he will be. I think he will be.
1: I think I think without uh, Equanimeous Saint Brown active that he will be active.
3: Wow, Jr. is really mad that The Brewers clearly Aquinimani- just
1: lost. I'm 30 seconds oh. behind JR. Oh well. I thought that he was really mad at the mention of they have the bases loaded Saint-Brown. and um I think that uh Pablo Reyes probably struck out. Let's see what <laughs> But anyway, heflin will be active and I think he'll I don't think he'll play.
2: Gosh, they just can't. They just can't. <laughs> PJ Scott Barringer Stan. No, PJ Scott Barringer Stan account. Uh, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Is it is there a possibility that Joe Barry nepotism hire? <laughs> 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 I love the automatic attribution. Could get reassigned this season, or are they going to ride the whole thing out, much to the team's detriment?
3: They're riding the whole thing. Yep. We're, we're riding that pain train to suck town.
1: We talked about this a bit last week. He would have to do something catastrophically bad for a long time to get replaced. This is not going to happen. You, know, they, they'll, you, you, you get time when you're new to do your own thing, and he's got, he's got some buffer, and he'll use it. So, yep. You're stuck with Joe. Get used to it. Hope Matt steps in a lot.
2: Brett Smith has a couple questions. First, what is the one thing you would change to make this team take the next step? The one thing. Joe Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is Joe Barry.
1: That's true. Um I, I do think I would change I would change up the defensive line pretty significantly. And uh just I would move Clark to an outside position on the defensive line. I would put some big old guy in the middle and uh Hey, who's
3: who's a better nose tackle? Uh Lancaster or Vince Beagle?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i hate that plan that you can ask that question seriously it's uh, right yeah. it... <laughs> uh, Beagle, Beagle.
2: was he the first pick of the fourth round so he's basically at one of those third round picks right
3: He he's also part of the kevin king trade
2: well i'm quite aware of that <laughs> as is everyone in green bay everyone but,
3: uh yeah was it that was last year at capers right the beagles rookie year was the last year I capers. Think it was and Capers legitimately had him playing nose. He sure on did. Third and long, like, jeez, mm-hmm. that was
2: interesting. Uh, Brett Smith, second question: How mad are you guys going to be at Call Me Matub? Or sorry, that's Matub. <laughs> this episode, when he's nine bourbons deep, scale of one to ten. I think he's on his good behavior this time around. I am.
1: I am on zero bourbons, well, my yeah, friend. After last night, you need a recovery day. In there, I, yes, so I, I, I do. I'm. I ain't as good as I once was. Yeah. But if he was 9 deep, we'd be like 8 because he would just talk about Madden and powerlifting the whole time. Uh,
2: I would not be on this fucking podcast. Yeah, Jero, <laughs> just be me. Like, it's you too. I can't do this anymore.
1: Also, I knew that there was baseball tonight,
3: so I decided to be on my best behavior.
2: Baseball is my bourbon, perhaps. <laughs> Although, yes, definitely with the, neg- the negative part of that, for sure. Scott Hettenbach asks, which position group is the biggest limiting factor to this team's potential? The cornerbacks, the DL, or the OL? OL. Oh, well. Not
1: that <laughs> They're
2: good. In, all, in addition to the OL playing well in game two, they're all like insanely young. Now an entire interior of first and second year players at this point until Bakhtiaria comes back, and they've got like two superstars when Bakhtiaria comes back. So. Yeah, I, th- anyway. I
1: do think it's the corners, even though we've ripped on the DL a lot, just because. Well, if Sto- so, Stokes is still a question. Like he's played well so far, but he hasn't played much, and, and we don't know he's going to be good. Um, if he is good, even if he is good. They, they still have no depth behind Jair and Stokes, and they're bad behind Jair and Stokes. So cornerbacks is the limiting factor. And I do think they'll fix defensive line, too. They have, I think, the horses to do it. But cornerbacks are it. They were last year. They're still it this year.
2: Yeah. Guys, that's it. That's all the questions. Unless there's a Discord question you wanted to sneak in there. That nope. We didn't nobody try.
1: asked any Discord questions, you Very losers. sad
2: very sad yeah
3: the 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 regular discord question askers have been very vocal on twitter that's why yep
2: i see so 49ers
3: (laughs) i'm terrified
2: i mean it's gonna be horrible right it's
1: it's it's bad it's not good (laughs) um it is a, a really a match of the minds because i think the packers do have a better uh, talent base than San Francisco right now. San Francisco is. Well, yeah, because
3: theirs is depleted.
1: It is depleted. It was depleted last year, and the Packers beat the doors off of them. It's not as depleted as last year, but it, you know, if you're scared of seeing Raheem Mostert run for you know 200 yards, that's not going to happen. He's out, and um, there is. I think I'm terrified, but I think they can get this done. They are smart enough. That Joe Barry is not, but Matt Lafleur is smart enough that I think that. They can out-talent them and still win this game. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, and I think I'm going to pick them this week. All
2: right, I'm picking. I'm the 49ers are going to win by two touchdowns, <laughs> at bare, bare, bare minimum.
3: the The line prior to the Lions game was uh, 49ers by three and a half.
2: Yeah, I found I that have... very optimistic for the Packers.
1: Yeah. Uh... If the 49ers were fully healthy, I would pick the 49ers in a route. I just. Um, Jimmy Jimmy's not very good. The defense isn't very good, and I think that they can they can shoot out enough to, to win this thing. Mm-hmm. I I
3: will say my my prediction last night still rings true. It's either the Packers by a little or the Niners by a lot. That's fair.
2: How is uh, our guy George Kittle doing this year? Because I'm just imagining him well, matched up with Devondre Campbell, and I'm it's wondering how that's going to go. Yeah,
1: he's great, he but...
3: is continuing to beat George Kittle.
1: I think they may have. Jair on him more than usual. They've okay. They've yep. messed around with him in the slot occasionally, and I think that uh, you might you might actually see that you enough. Think, to you think
3: Jair difference. can can match up against
1: Kittle? It, uh, covering people is all about just being near them. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> it's, you can't right. tackle him, but that's not what he's asked yeah. to do.
2: That's fine. All right, guys, all right, that's good.
1: All. Um, Jair, any anything good? Any,
2: uh, it's Ryder cup week, Ryder cup week in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> I forgot so it was
1: Ryder cup week in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I did
2: a big beginner's guide. Um, golf is not my forte. I'm, I'm aware of it certainly, and could name some names, but, uh, not my forte. So I did a big beginner's guide, how the Ryder cup works. There's some convoluted scoring. There's, um, obviously a lot of names to know 12 guys on both sides. It's uh, I think it's really cool. I, I I'll be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't like more fired up than you know any other like event because it's in wisconsin i'm interested but it's i was not not fired up and then i did the beginner's guide and now i'm actually really really looking forward to it i think it's going to be really fun we got people at whistling Straits all week um you know i'll be helping out a little bit from from my couch but uh <laughs> other than that we got you know brewers i think gearing up for the playoffs they're they're <laughs> They'll and, and be I
1: mean, fine
2: oh yeah yeah like their their playoff standing is is unquestionably safe it's just uh you know the cardinals are annoying and they have been in the way at many many junctures in the history of uh, Milwaukee Brewers baseball so it would be nice to not have to deal with them again but I'm not sure not sure yeah. it's going to be an interesting wild card who it's going to be a case of if it isn't if it doesn't end up being the Dodgers you know the Giants and Dodgers are neck and neck if it doesn't end up being Dodgers Cardinals on the wild card it is going to be a very fascinating game for Brewers fans to watch because theoretically you want both of those franchises just dead in the water and and one <laughs> yes. of one of them will survive so um, that's obviously something uh, we're still watching and that's uh, that's about it jsonline.com it's got uh, I'll be at the Badger game at Soldier Field this Saturday in uh, it'll be Wisconsin against Notre Dame doing our live blog per usual so uh, that'll be a lot of fun I think and a lot going on a lot going on in Wisconsin sports big time
1: nice that game is at 11 which is trash like
2: oh, terrible and now the next one is two against Michigan uh, at Camp Randall uh, the big Fox noon kickoff not not my Stupid. favorite Awful. advancement in, yeah. in college football. It's tough. It's tough.
1: They're so bad. Matt, you were on the podcast yesterday.
3: And I, I yep. So listen to yesterday's episode of Repack. It will today's episode as we're recording, yesterday's episode as we're as you're listening to this. Um also shout outs to De- DeAndre Swift for literally murdering Kevin King on the field. Um Kevin King should now retire. And according to many u- users on reddit uh he has to be stripped of his royal status he is now referred to as kevin surf <laughs> <laughs> Well,
2: wow, he got knocked down a ton of pegs he couldn't at least get kevin lord to... so there's,
3: there's a um a lot of kevin court jester kevin bastard oh uh, come on ooh, come on that's, yeah. a,
2: that's a harsh demotion
3: and then my, my favorite comment is kevin king being a hurdle is the most defensive resistance he's put up in two years <laughs> Ouch!
2: (laughs) that is hurtful
3: Um, yeah that's that's all All I gotta plug yay Um, DeAndre
1: Swift Yep, I have a game recap on Shepard Express going up soon Um, and uh, I will have the stat of the week from this game going up tomorrow there's a lot of fun ones to choose from my favorite so far that I've found is that so far on the season Amari Rogers actually has more receiving yards than Marquez Valdez Scantling does which is insane but is true so but uh there's some positive ones to take away from this one too so we'll go into all that and uh thanks for joining us i'll have a preview of the 49ers later this week which should be a barn burner if nothing else it's nice to see the the people from the coaching tree go against each other because it really does turn into a chess match uh, so keep an eye on that those have been useful so far especially the how can they plausibly lose section which will be much easier to put together this week than it was against the lions but uh Enjoy, Enjoy Sunday night, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode.